Welcome to Zichud Avsi, my name is Ram Goldhari, and today we're in Zerkus Ksubis, Daf Ein Beis, the seventh parak Hamadir. The Zichud Mesechus Ksubis program has been generously sponsored as a schus for HaKazachas Torah. So the three dots we're going to focus on, number one, was taught in the Brisa, but Mary used to say, What's the meaning of that which was written in Kohelas? Tobo lechaz el beis evo, mo lechaz el beis mishta. It's better to go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting. Basheru sof ko adam v'achai yitan alibo. For that is the end of all man, and the living should take it to heart. What does it mean that the living should take it to heart? Dvarim shal misa. They should take to heart matters of death. Dikmar explains this means that he should take to heart to sapad yispudune, that one who eulogizes the dead now will have others eulogize him when his time comes. The kabar yikburune, that one who buries the dead now will have others bury him when his time comes. Didal Yidalune, the one who raises his voice to cry for the dead now, will have others raise their voice when he dies. The Lava Yilvune, the one who escorts the dead to the cemetery, will have others escort him when his time comes. Ditan and one who carries the dead to be buried now, will have others carry him when his time comes. Point number two, the next mission states, Ve'el Yosos Shulub and these wives were divorced without Aksuba. Ha'overesel das Moshe v'yehudas, one who transgresses the law of Moshe and the rule of Jewish practice. And what is meant by das Yehudas? Yotze barosha parua. If she goes outside her home with her hair uncovered, she spins in the marketplace, or medaberes him ko'adam, she speaks with every man. The Bernisha brings additional opinions. The Gemara questions if covering one's hair is only das Yehudas. Rather, it's that the rights of her is written regarding a sota, uparis rosha isha, he shall uncover the head of the woman. And it was taught in the base midrash of Rosh. This is a warning to the Jewish daughters that they should not go out with their heads uncovered. The Gemara answers the rice the Kalasa Shapradamid, that mid the rice it is enough if she covers her head with her hair basket, which Rush explains is a basket worn as a headdress, which had a receptacle on top for her spindle and flax. Das Yehudas, Afil Kalasa Nami Aser. But according to Das Yehudas, it's prohibited to go out with a headbasket. A headbasket allows her hair to be seen through the spaces in the weave. Das Yehudas requires a more effective head covering. And pointing with you, the next mission states, If a man is Mekadosh a woman on condition that she is not under vows, and it is later found that she's under vows, she's not Mekadoshes. It was taught in a bright the mission was referring to the following types of Nadarim. Dvarim shall inui nefesh, matters of self-denial. That she'll not eat meat, that she'll not drink wine, or that she will not adorn herself with colored clothes. But Papa asked why she make a difference what type of netter she made when the husband stipulated that she should not be under any vow. Rather, it must be referring to the seifa of the Mishnah where the husband did not stipulate any condition, but later discovered these vows. She loses her ksub because most men would object to these nadarim of self-denial. Ravashi said that it does refer to the ratio where he stipulated that she had no vows. Even though he stipulated that she had no vows, the marriage is voided and the ksuba is forfeited only if she was under a vow that most men would object to. For only regarding something that people are generally mockbeat about is his hakpada considered a kapeda. So once again, the three points are number one, it was taught in a brisa. Ramir used to say, what is the meaning of that which is written in Kohelas? It's better to go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting. For that is the end of all men, and the living should take it to heart. What does it mean that the living should take it to heart? They should take to heart matters of death. Digmar explains this means that he should take to heart that one who eulogizes the dead now will have others eulogize him when his time comes. That one who buries the dead now will have others bury him when his time comes. That one who raises his voice to cry for the dead now, while others raise their voice when he dies. The Lava Yilvune, the one who escorts the dead to the cemetery, while others escort him when his time comes. And one who carries the dead to be buried now, while others carry him when his time comes.
Point number two, the next Mishnah states, And these wives were divorced without a ksuba. One who transgresses the law of Moshe and the rule of Jewish practice. And what is meant by Das Yehudas? If she goes outside her home with her hair uncovered, she spins in the marketplace, or she speaks with every man. The Mishnah brings additional opinions. The Gemara questions if covering one's hair is only Das Yehudas. Rather, it's that the rice of her was written regarding a sota, Uparis Rosha Isha, he shall uncover the head of the woman. And it was taught in the base midrash of Rabbi Shmoel, Azar Lifnot Sisrael, Shua Yetzu by Peiruli Rosh. This is a warning to the Jewish daughters that they should not go out with their heads uncovered. The Gemara answers, the rice of Colossus Shapradamid, that mid the rice, it is enough if she covers her head with her hair basket, which Rosh explains is a basket worn as a headdress, which had a receptacle on top for her spindle and flax. Das Yehudas, Afil Kalasa, Nami Aser. But according to Das Yehudas, it's prohibited to go out with a headbasket. A headbasket allows her hair to be seen through the spaces in the weave. Das Yehudas requires a more effective head covering. And pointing with you, the next mission states, Hamakadish is the Ishal Manashe in Alhad Nadarim. The Nimsa Alhad Nadarim ain't If a man is Makadish a woman on condition that she is not under vows, and it is later found that she's under vows, she's not Makadish. It was taught in a bright the mission was referring to the following types of Nadarim. Dvarim shall inui nefesh, matters of self-denial. That she'll not eat meat, that she'll not drink wine, or that she will not adorn herself with colored clothes. Or Papa asked why it should make a difference what type of netter she made when the husband stipulated that she should not be under any vow. Rather, it must be referring to the seifa of the Mishnah where the husband did not stipulate any condition, but later discovered these vows. She loses her ksu because most men would object to these nadarim of self-denial. Ravashi said that it does refer to the ratio where he stipulated that she had no vows. Even though he stipulated that she had no vows, the marriage is voided and the ksuba is forfeited only if she was under a vow that most men would object to. For only regarding something that people are generally mockbeat about is his hakpada considered a kapeda. Alright, so now we go to our simmer daf ayin base, and this one was suggested to us by Rabbi Shia Klein from Manchester. He suggested that ayin base, which is of thick, is a thick piece of cake, a thick piece, and we use birthday cake, thick piece of birthday cake for ayin base. So here goes. The man who put down the thick piece of birthday cake outside and went into the house of the avel saw the deceased woman's headbasket on the mantle and listened to her children sadly explain that their father divorced her when he discovered she made a netter not to eat meat or wear colored clothing. Once again, it's emotion. The man who put down his thick piece of birthday cake, thick piece of birthday cake, that must be Ron Duff. I'm base. The man who put down the thick piece of birthday cake outside and went into the house of the Avel, which reminds us it was taught in Abraisa, or Marisa to say, what's the meaning of that which is written in Kohelis? Toba lech is base evo, melech is base mishta. It's better to go to house of mourning than to house of feasting. Ba'asher who so called adam, lachai yitan alibo, for that is the end of all man, and the living should take it to heart. What does it mean that the living should take it to heart? Devarim shalmisa. They should take to heart matters of death. The more explains that this means that he should take to heart that what he does for the mace, such as eulogizing, bearing, or crying over him, will eventually be done for him when his time comes. So the man who put down the thick piece of birthday cake outside and went into the house of the Avel saw the deceased woman's head basket on the mantle, which reminds us the requirement for wearing a head covering is the raisa and learn from the parsha of Sota. But mid the raisa, a woman is able to go out with a kasa, a head basket, but according to Das Yehudas, it's prohibited to go out with it since it allows her hair to be seen through the spaces in the weave. Das Yehudas requires a more effective head covering. So the man who put down the thick piece of birthday cake outside and went into the house of the Avel saw the deceased woman's headbasket on the mantle and listened to her children sadly explain that their father divorced her when he discovered she made a netter not to eat meat 
or wear colored clothing, which reminds us the next mission states that if a man is Mekadesh a woman on condition that she's not under vows, and it's later found out that she is under vows, she's not Mekadesh as it was taught in Bryce, the mission was referring to the following types from the Dharm. Dvarim shall inui nefesh, matters of self-denial, that she won't eat meat, that she won't drink wine, or that she'll not adorn herself with colored clothes. So once again, the man who put down the thick piece of birthday cake outside and went into the house of the Avel saw the deceased woman's headbasket on the mantle and listened to her children sadly explain that their father divorced her when he discovered she made a net or not to eat meat or wear colored clothing. All right, so now it's time to go to our four below back, Chazara. Dav Samaches. So the similar Dav Samaches is Schach. So here goes. When the wealthy Schach dealer Schach, that must be more Dav Samaches. When the wealthy schach dealer who would dress up as an ani to collect from the unsuspecting died, which reminds us, Rebbe Lazar said, Bob will remind, come on and show gratitude to the swindlers who'd pretend to be anim to collect staka. For if not for them, we'd be sinning daily. Rashi explains that we would be sinning for ignoring the needs of the poor. But now that there are swindlers, we have an excuse for distrusting them. So when the wealthy schach dealer who dress up as an ani to collect from the unsuspecting died, his family debated what he would have wanted to give his daughter as a dowry, which reminds us, we've been looking how we determine what to give an orphan girl from her father's estate as a dowry. Does she get what her first sister got, or do we consider changes in the father's financial status, or do we try to assess what the father would have liked to give? So, when the wealthy schach dealer who would dress up as an ani to collect from the unsuspecting died, his family debated what he would have wanted to give his daughter as a dowry. When all of a sudden someone revealed that at the time of his death, he said that his daughter should not be provided a dowry from his estate. Which reminds us, Rabuna said in the name of Rabbi, an orphan's right to a dowry is not the same as a right from the Tanaik Suba, such as a right to sustenance. The Gemara says that this is in line with what was taught in Abraisa, that if a father said at the time of his death that his daughter should not be sustained by his estate, we do not listen to him. But if he says his daughter should not be provided with a dowry from his estate, we listen to him because the right to a dowry is not the same as the right from the Tanaik Suba. Daf Samachtes, so the similar Daf Samachtes, the soot, and we use a chimney sweep. So here goes. The daughter of the deceased chimney sweep, chimney sweep, that must be more on Daf Samachtes, soot. The daughter of the deceased chimney sweep, who came to her brothers as a Baal's Chove, to collect her one-tenth of land with the chimney, which reminds us, Ravashi holds Baal's Baal's Chove Havya. A daughter is only a Baal's Chove with regard to collecting her one-tenth. Ravashi explains that this means that she can be forced to take the cash or a specific pot of land. The Gemara asks if the daughter is considered a Baal's Chove of her father or of her brothers. The Nafkamina is whether she can collect Benoni's land without a Shvuah or Zibor's land with a Shvuah. Well, she explains that if she's a Baal's Chove of her father, then she would be required to swear to her the heirs that she's not already collected the debt and would only receive Zibor's. The Gemara brings a proof that she is a Baal's Chove of her brothers and therefore she collects Benoni's without a Shvuah. So, the daughter of the deceased chimney sweep who came to her brothers as a Baal's Chove to collect her one-tenth with the chimney tried to have her trustee give her cash instead of a field because she trusted her husband, which reminds us that the Malchokas, when one deposits money with the trustee for his daughter in order to buy her a field for her nickname Malugar as a dowry, and she says, I trust my husband, which she explains means that she wants him to give him the money directly to her husband and he'll buy a field for her when she wants to. Do we say that the trustee must follow the father's instructions since mitzvah kaim dibre mace? It's a mitzvah to listen to the instructions of the deceased. Or do we listen to her since she could sell the field immediately anyway? So the daughter of the deceased chimney sweep who came to her brothers as a balas chov to collect her one-tenth of land with the chimney tried to have her trustee give her cash instead of a field because she trusted her husband until a rabbi balancing on a tall chimney shouted not to since 
Mitzvah Kayim Divrei Ames, which reminds us, the Gemara relates that the great sage Ilfa, a contemporary of Rabbi Yochanan, went and balanced himself on the mass of a cell and said, if there's anyone who comes and tells me a brysa taught in the Academy of Rechim Rebosheah, and I'm unable to derive it from a Mishnah, I will fall from this mass and drown in the sea. A certain man quoted a brysa, and Ilfa responded, who's the ton of this brysa? It's Rabbi Meir, who says in our Mishnah, Mitzvah Kayim Divrei Ames. It's a mitzvah to fulfill the words of the deceased. Dafein, so the symbol Dafein is a one-eyed Martian. So here goes. The young orphan boys who love to buy bags of one-eyed Martian marshmallows, one-eyed Martian? That must mean we're on Dafein. So the young orphan boys who love to buy bags of one-eyed Martian marshmallows on their own, which reminds us it was stated in the mission in Gidden Daf Nun Tes Amun Aleph, Hapaotas, young children, which Russia defines as children eight or nine, their purchases are valid purchases and their sales are valid sales with regard to metaltoli, movable property. Russia explains that regarding land, their transactions are not valid until they have two sorrows or reach the age of 20. Raphim said they only taught this ruling, she ain't shama patropas, where there is no apotropos to manage the estate, but when there is, the purchases are not valid purchases and their sales are not valid sales. So the young orphan boys who love to buy bags of one-eyed Martian marshmallows on their own. Over at a man prohibited his wife to benefit from him for 30 days who didn't have enough earnings to buy the marshmallows herself. Which reminds us, the opening mission of the 7th parak states, If one makes a net of prohibiting his wife to derive benefit from him for up to 30 days, which Rashi explains is referring to receiving any support from him, he must appoint an agent to support her. The Gemara explains that the cases when the husband said to her, take your earnings in lieu of your food. Here the husband no longer has a chiv to support her. When the Gemara asks, why then is a shaliach needed to support her if she has earnings? Ravashi answers, the mission is referring to a case where she has enough earnings for her big items, such as the food she needs, but not enough for the small items. The netter takes effect, but the shaliach needs to provide her with the small items. So the young orphan boys who love to buy bags of one-eyed Martian marshmallows on their own, over at a man prohibit his wife to derive benefit from him for 30 days, who didn't have enough earnings to buy the marshmallows herself, and declare that whoever supports his wife will not lose by it. Which reminds us, the mission had said, If the netter was up to 30 days, he should appoint a steward to support it. The Gemara asks, isn't the steward functioning as the husband's shaliach? If so, how is this permissible? Ravuna said the mission's case is Ba'omer Kohazan in Omapsid, where the husband says, Whoever supports my wife will not lose by it, so that the steward is not acting based on a command from the husband, unlike a case that was brought from Gittin. Dafain Alf, so the similar Dafain Alf is a donkey going E-R. So here goes. The man frantically riding his donkey, donkey, that must be on Dafain Alf, E-R. The man frantically riding his donkey to find a Pesach to his netter, not to support his wife for an unspecified amount of time, which reminds us, Rav said, where a man made a netter not to support his wife for an unspecified amount of time, then he must divorce her immediately and give her the ksuba. And before she explained that since he'll have to divorce her after 30 days, since people will find out about it and she'll be disgraced, she can get divorced immediately. But Shmuel said, Even when the netter was for an unspecified amount of time, he does not need to divorce her immediately, for perhaps in the interim, he'll find a Pesach for his netter and be released from it. So the man frantically riding his donkey to go find a Pesach to his netter, not to support his wife for an unspecified amount of time, was shocked when the animal picked up the scent of the fragrance of her adornments, which she had last sprayed 30 days before, which reminds us, the Mishan Daf Ein Amonov state that if one pronounced that netter on his wife that she should not adorn herself with any type of perfume, he must divorce her and give the Ksuba. Yossi says, with a poor woman he must divorce if he did not give a certain time limit for the netter. Whereas with a wealthy woman, the maximum term is 30 days. Abai explained that a chash of a woman benefits from the fragrance of her adornments for 30 days. A term of 30 days or less is not considered sufficient hardship to demand a divorce, since the fragrance from the last time she perfumed herself can last that long.
So the man frantically riding his donkey to go find a Pesach to his netter, not to support his wife for an unspecified amount of time, was shocked when the animal picked up the scent of the fragrance of her adornments, which she had last sprayed 30 days before, and then followed the scent straight to her father's home, where she was always eager to run back to. Which reminds us, the next mission states, A mother is ishto shalotel chabesavia. If one made a netter that his wife may not go to her father's house, if the father lives in a different city, then if the term of the net included one regal, he could keep her as his wife. But if the term included three regalim, then he must divorce her and give her the ksuba. The Gemara notes an inherent contradiction where the Rish implies that he must divorce her if the term includes two regalim, and the Seva implies that he must only divorce her if it includes three regalim. One answer given is the Rish was dealing with a Radufa, a woman who is eager to go back to her father's home, whereas the Seva is dealing with a woman who is not a Radufa, who is not eager to go back to her father's home. All right, so now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of ten questions. Which step do we learn that the dowry is not like the Tanai Ksuba? For if the father says not to provide a dowry for his daughter, we listen to him. That's on Duff. Samaches. Good. Number two. Which stuff do we darshan the Pasuk? It's better to go to a mourner's home than to a house of feasting. That's on Duff. I am based. Good. Number three. Which stuff do we learn minors can purchase and sell metaltoline unless they have an apotropus? That's on Duff. I am. Good number four. Which stuff do you want a woman is over Das Yehudas if she covers her hair with a kalasa, a head basket? That's on Duff. I am based. Good number five. Which stuff do you want that the partner supporting the wife for the 30 days is not acting on the husband's behalf because the husband said all who supports her will not lose out? That's on Duff. Ayan. Good number six. Which stuff do you learn that a man who prohibits his wife to go back to her father's house who lives in another city must divorce her if the term includes two regalim if she's a redufa, if she's eager to return home? That's on Duff. Ayan Olive. Good number seven. Which stuff do you learn a woman is not mukadeshes if it turns out she made a dharm of inui nefesh, self-denial, such as not eating meat or wearing colored clothes? That's on Duff. I am based. Good number eight. Which stuff do we learn? We marry off orphan girls before we marry off orphan boys. That's on Dove. Samachzayim. Good number nine. Which stuff do we learn? Ravashi says the case where a husband prohibits his wife to benefit from him is where she has earnings for her mazonos, but not for the small extras. That's on Dove. Ayan. Good number ten. Which stuff do we learn? If a man makes a netter that his wife should not adorn herself with perfume, he does not have to divorce her for up to thirty days. If she's a wealthy woman, because the perfume of a wealthy woman lasts that long, that's on Dove. I and all. Excellent. That concludes today's shear. This is Rabbi Avram Goldham Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.